0: 98 Now That's What I Call Sport Podcast
1: Shane Byrne, welcome back to Dublin's 98 FM Shane, how are you? Yeah, good man, you? Great, thanks Now Shane was at the Aviva Stadium last night working for RT Radio Watching Leinster beat Bath by 42 points to 15 A bonus point win for Leinster Now Shane, we know this storm Deirdre's causing chaos, right? My little brother Tom was at the match And my mother and the family WhatsApp group Seemed very concerned that he might actually blow away Now thankfully he survived, the players survived <laughs> And so did you, but uh, fairly interesting conditions for everybody at the match yesterday.
0: Yeah, it was actually strange because all during the day we were all looking at to see was the the game going to go ahead. Because it was absolutely horrendous right throughout the game. And then about an hour or half an hour before the game, it just went completely still, like we were in the eye of the storm. So right the way through the first half, OK, the conditions underfoot were still wet, but it was absolutely perfect. No wind no rain and then the second half started, rain started to come down and the wind really came in and that old swirly wind that still is in in Lansdowne Road that has always been there really did affect the game.
1: Yeah, it's actually kind of ironic because Leinster's first try by Jack Conan was probably actually helped by the conditions in that the pitch was so wet, once he slid he was never going to stop sliding but for the players apart from the ball being slippy and the pitch being slippy and the wind, what sort of 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 tests and differences would have made to them playing in those conditions?
0: Uh, look, it's always challenging. There's a lot of things you want to do. There's, there's a game plan that Leinster have right throughout the season, you know, rather than adjusting per game is always about playing, running rugby. It's always about moving the ball and taking opportunities. OK, they did it. They did it in different ways, but it does affect the game. Like, you do have to realise that, like, the ball is greasy constantly you have to be that little bit more careful with the passes as otherwise you will be and you can't fling out the rockets that sometimes we like to see
1: Yeah we have to say as well well done to all the fans over 40,000 at the Aviva yesterday and loads in the East Stand left with around 15 minutes left Shane because the weather just got so bad the swirling wind and and rain it was just impossible for them to stay in their seats
0: Yeah no it's absolutely like it just became really really horrendous tradition Traditions, (laughs) conditions right the way towards the end of the game. In fact, Ross Byrne had to take a conversion heading down into the north stand and it was like a net hook of a, of a kick but it worked, it went over between the posts but he had to absolutely belt it against the wind that had come around because it comes in from the open end and then comes swirls right around the stands and pushes back down the pitch. It really is very, very
1: awkward when it gets up and running. Yeah, all those leg weights in the gym I'm sure would have helped him <laughs> against that wind. No, doubt. Shane, Leinster 28-10 up at half-time and, you know some really good play in that half, but the quick try by James Lowe when Leinster had been awarded a penalty and, you know, half the Bath players just turned their back and even half the Leinster players, you know, weren't quite looking at him and next of all, he runs, he touches the ball and he's over the line in seconds.
0: Yeah, James Lowe was a real live wire right the way throughout the game. He started very, very strongly. Um, You know, he loves taking the ball into contact, people let go of him. He forms a bridge, releases the ball and then is able to pick up Get an extra few yards, which are you know very very important in those tight situations, puts the opposition on the back foot. But he was so aware for that try, you know, and that's just pure hunger. That's individual guy just wanting to get involved. That's what you want from your wingers. He literally took the ball from about 10, 15 yards away, ran to get straight in front of the referee, so the ref couldn't have any whinging that he didn't see it. Captain went right in front of him, and I think. My, my co-commoder, uh, Jenny, was just saying that I think it was five Bath players had their backs completely turned. And at this level, that's an absolute sin. I'm sure Todd Blackadder, when they do the video session, will be absolutely rifling through those players.
1: Yeah, he was. But exciting stuff from Leinster. And it wasn't the only moment, Shane, in the first half of excitement. And I know everybody, when they're playing in a rugby match, if you have the advantage, you can risk something, you can try something, because you know if it breaks down, the referee will bring it back. But that crossfield ball... By Johnny Sexton in the wind across to Adam Byrne, who times his jump perfectly right in the corner, catches the ball and goes over. I've seen on Twitter the word "ping" was used, which is quite often used in, in football for a really good crossfield diagonal ball. But it was some ball by Sexton in the wind. Great catch by Adam Byrne, and another really exciting moment of Leinster's first half. Yeah, it was a lovely
0: sweep and arc and kick. It wasn't one of the the ones he rockets way straight across in a straight line. It kind of arced, heading back towards the line. Yeah, as you say, they had advantage. He knew we could have given it a pot, but I think Leinster are trained to that. If they have advantage, they go for these, and so that the wingers are prepared, they go out and they push wide right out the line, so that they can attack, attack in the ball. And listen, you know Adam Byrne is six foot three, and uh, he is a very very big man. And given that once he can contest with the ball, he's going to be there thereabouts. But he collected that absolutely magnificently, and topped off. It's been a while since we've seen him really in any kind of. You know, form in the Leinster jersey and getting on their start, and I'm sure he'd be absolutely delighted with that try.
1: Yeah, we often speak about Sexton and the different types of performances he puts in for Leinster and for Ireland. Shane and thankfully signed the new contract this week. He's also going to do some stuff with us here and off the ball as well. But just the fact that you know he can take the penalties, take the conversions, he can kick for touch, and he can kick balls like that, where he really has to get it perfect for Adam Byrne. He just keeps getting better and better, and his importance for Leinster again is you know can't really be understated.
0: Ah, no, but like that's what Johnny Sexton is, though. He's an executor. It's it's not the... You know, there's many out half of you go off the flair and his own individual attacking ability. It's not that. It's that Johnny Sexton is just his execution of an opportunity. He sees it and executes it perfectly. That's why he's so important to the Irish team and Joe Schmidt's plans that he puts together. It's very important that he has someone to pull the trigger on. it. And that's what Johnny Sexton does everybody around him knows that he will give them the opportunity as long as they react to what he's doing and look at it again in abundance.
1: Yeah, and a nice moment as well live on TV when the cameras cut to Joe Schmidt, the current Ireland manager, and Andy Farrell, the next Ireland manager, and I think they knew they were on the screen but didn't want to kind of look around and the whole crowd just got up and gave them a round of applause and... That was a, a nice moment in, in the first half as well In terms of the second half Shane it finished 42-15 And I know from Listening to you on RT Radio You were a little disappointed With Leinster maybe Dropping off A small bit in that second half But they've won the game By a bonus point So they've got to be happy But, but maybe could have been A bit tidier in that second half
0: Yeah look I suppose Naturally it's very hard To keep the mental focus Going right the way Throughout the game When the scoreboard has gone so much in your favour but you know just a bit disappointed with some of the guys that came off the bench Some I would have expected them to come on very very hungry you know it's still a Champions Cup game you don't want to be making errors and and they did and the game opened up a bit fast Okay, they didn't have too much to offer but the, the simple fact is that they were allowed into the game every now and again and in both halves they got two very 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 soft tries and there are things that I'm sure Leo Cullen... Look, they got the results. I'm sure everything is very happy in the camp. But the simple fact is that is not the standard that he expects from this Leinster side. So I'm sure there will be stern words when that comes up in the video.
1: Shane, here's a question for you. I was very interested because a few times in the game, the cameras cut to the coach's box to the Leinster head coach, Leo Cullen, as you just mentioned, and his staff as well, and Stuart Lancaster beside him, and laptops and MacBooks and headsets and earpieces in... What exactly would go on in the coaches' box of these big Champions Cup and Ireland games because we see them on TV but we're never really in there to kind of know exactly what's going on and you know they're in there and they're able to say so calm and get a better view of the game but what exactly goes on in there?
0: Well like it's, it's all about gathering information like they're not just sitting there watching the game like we all do and, and you know, throwing their tuppence worth at it. They have a team of people around feeding them constantly with information. He would be watching out for the things, the plans to make sure that they're executed exactly as he expected. You know, the way it is that he would have ideas that happen through the first half and, and, and things he wants executed in the second half and he would like to see how the bench react. And And then it all comes down to the old traditional how an individual gets on. Like Leo could have his eye on a player and just see that can he do A, B and C for him and he'll just track him for a while or maybe has one of the guys with the computers uh, tracking them, because those guys are able to work Emmett Farrell and and those guys are absolutely superb at the jobs. and They're able to feed Leo with information literally as it happens and then cut video, show him, look, did you see this? They didn't cover this or there's a gap here. Let's execute something there Get the message down Out in the park
1: Yeah and for people That haven't been inside The changing rooms At the Aviva Stadium Whether it be the rugby Or the soccer The managers do have access To big screens To flat screen TVs To projectors That if they want to show The players Specific video clips Or images Or, or grabs of stuff At half time They can do that But there's a big team Of people working Almost live In those coaches boxes And Leo or Stewart Might make a shout back Saying I want that clipped And the players Come in at half time And there it is for them
0: Yep, and that's it. And sometimes that's all you need in a game. I suppose famously, the Northampton, uh, the finals in Europe over in Cardiff, that that was all down to video that they were shown that you're overcomplicating the game. And, you know, that's when Johnny Sexton made the famous speech and then led the charge to win the game, the great comeback. But that was one of the first times that that could really be noted that they just were shown that, look, you're doing so much right here. Stop overcomplicating the game. Let's just get on with winning it. And they did.
1: They did indeed, and their next Heineken European Champions Cup game, Shane, is back in Dublin again against Toulouse, who are currently at the top of our pool. Toulouse have won four from four Leinster, three wins and one defeat as well. I know we've got a couple of Pro 14 games between now and Christmas and after Christmas as well, but all the attention for the next game in Europe will be on the RDS on, on the 12th of January, and a huge game against the pool leaders.
0: Yeah, look, you know, there's some great Inter-Pros coming up, um, you know, a lot of hard slugging to go, but there's no doubt about it. This this. This group is mouthwatering in and the fact that Toulouse have kind of started to find their mojo again—what made one of the the great European heavyweights—and you'd have to say is that they're they're not showing any form or, or any show of easing off now with another bonus point win. So yeah, this group—it's it's going to come down to the last week that'll decide the group. But this game. Against Toulouse, you know that is going to be so so important to lead into the last week because it by no means will be done by them. But if Leicester can get ahead of them. There, it'll put them completely in the driving seat, and that's exactly where they want to be.
1: Yeah, and then to have two Pro 14 games across the Christmas break as well. They host Connacht at the ODS next Saturday before the uh, traditional Christmas time game against Munster. Before they face Ulster's after Christmas as well. And Shane, that's it from you for Christmas as well, because this is our last live show of 2018. We got best off shows the next two weeks, so uh, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the Christmas break, uh, the few pints and a few the few, uh, the few uh, mince pies there, and we'll chat in the new year.
0: Yes, I will. Take care.
1: 98 FMs. Now that's what I call sport
0: Get the full show every Sunday morning from 9 Only on 98FM